I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I miss you, man. I miss you, man. I miss you, Lauren. I miss you, Lonnie. This is where the fun begins. (laughs) I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you, I miss you, man. I miss you. Welcome to another episode of I Miss You Man. First up, thank you very much, Mark Irons, for our theme song. It's always good to thank him up first, otherwise we forget, don't we, Dylan? I could never forget about Mark, Lonnie. How dare you? <laughs> uh, just first up for our long-time listeners, we're recording this episode on Zoom, so it might sound a bit different, but um, send your complaints to Dylan. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, go on. Why not? I'll take the I'll take the blame. Go on. While, while I go to you, Dylan, can you please explain what this show is about for new listeners? Lonnie, we miss each other. Am I wrong? Yeah, I guess so. We, we miss each other. Okay, fair enough. Well, that's why we started this podcast. So each week we take each other through a topic, a journey, if you will, mm-hmm. and that could be anything. I believe the phrase we're going with is life, pop culture, and everything in between. That covers a lot, doesn't it? I think it covers everything pretty much. Mm-hmm. And this week, we've got a, a special friend on, on board as well. It's Lauren Rouse. Please, Lauren, tell us a bit about yourself. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me join your very special I Miss You podcast. Um, yeah, so, Lonnie, we met at QUT back in the film school days, and... Uh, since then, I have become a writer of various things on Lifehacker, Gizmodo, and Kotaku, and sometimes on Star Wars Direct, which uh, is actually what we're going to be talking about today, some Star Wars topics. It's not just Star Wars topics. It's actually some controversial Star Wars moments, which is surprising to me because you're normally the Star Wars fan. It's quite chill. They don't really <laughs> complain about things. Um, so it's good on you for finding some things that are a bit controversial about Star Wars, Lauren. I know. It was like a really hard struggle. Star Wars fandom, you know, they have nothing to complain about normally. So it'll be a very short podcast. Yeah, that's exactly right. So Dylan, you're a big Star Wars fan as well. Yeah, yeah, pretty big. Um, I've gone as far as the all the movies multiple times, animated shows multiple times. Uh, I've kind of stopped at the comics. Haven't quite dipped my toe in there yet. Okay, and how how deep are you into Star Wars fandom, Lauren? Yeah, pretty in there, I'd say, ever since I started writing about it. But, um, yeah, big Star Wars family, so I was uh, introduced to the movie pretty young and, yeah, just, you know, got hooked on it. How can you not? And you've actually been to the Star Wars theme park, haven't you? I have. I was lucky enough to get there last year before, you know, the world shut down. <laughs> um, and, yes, would go back in a heartbeat. Okay, so you've you probably got a bit more... Um, cred than I do, but I, I do like the Star Wars films and I've watched them multiple times like Dylan. My brother kind of makes fun of me for being a prequel kid. He's like, you can't help it, but you're a prequel generation. I was like, I guess so. Okay, you can right. choose which uh, trilogy you want to be, Lonnie. Don't be defined. I guess so. And I, I think I, I raised this with Dylan not too long ago on the podcast that did Star Wars actually get better after the first movie? Is that kind of where it peaked and everything else after that has been diminishing returns? That's a, that's a something. To discuss. Ooh, okay. Maybe let's go through your list first, Lauren, and we'll see if my, my controversial hot takes can come in until later. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, Star Wars is not short of moments that have divided people. Um, so I just made a list of some things that stuck out to me. And according to the internet, are some of the most divisive moments. So let's start with what I think is one of the biggest uh, controversial moments in Star Wars. What do we think of Jar Jar Binks? Dylan, take it away. Jar Jar. Hmm. <laughs> to be honest, he doesn't really bother me. Uh, his existence doesn't uh, piss me off as much as uh, uh, other fans. Mm. But um, I also don't get excited when I see him. I, I kind of, I nothing him. He, he's just there for me. Look, I agree Fair with enough. that. I, I think um, 
Probably because I watched it when I was a kid, The Phantom mm. Menace. Doesn't really bother me that much. And the fact that it's kids, they're kids' films or they're family films overall, really. So having a sort of comic relief character doesn't annoy me as much as it does some people. But I get the hate. Yeah, he is oh, yeah. very annoying whenever he shows up. <laughs> I think he was like, it felt like he was very much there to sell kids' toys, basically. Um, but. You know, so were the Ewoks. There's been plenty of things. The droids, they're all there. To, they, they, these are kids' movies at the end of the day. So I guess I can see why he's there. Um, but do you guys know about the sort of fan theory that's going around that um, people really want Jar Jar to have a redemption as a Sith Lord? Oh, yeah, Darth Jar Jar. Oh, yeah. Uh, how do you feel about that? I mean, it's it's better than anything that's happened in the sequels, isn't it? You know? I actually don't know much about it. Is it pretty much just that he, you know, in, in the prequels, he's supposed to have sort of bumbled his way into helping get the, the Emperor to be in charge. But this theory suggests that he was actually a Sith all along and he was doing it on purpose. Is that the idea? Yeah, something like that. And that they really want him, like his redemption arc would be to be a Sith Lord and that would sort of like erase all his history of being just like annoying and kind of an idiot. Yeah, kind of recontextualize that as him playing the fool. Mm. the entire time yeah okay I feel like i could get behind that mm. it's definitely interesting well. it's more interesting than him walking in poo i'll give him that <laughs> oh <my. laughs> well hopefully in star wars episode what 10 we'll see okay i'll wait yeah <laughs> oh no all right well speaking of sith lords how about um supreme leader snoke uh, from the sequel trilogy. What do we think of him as a villain? Mm, you, you can go first on this one, Lonnie. I think they kind of dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> I, I got the feeling he was like supposed to be someone or something, but then he kind of is nothing. And I'm not sure why that is. I think it's because they kind of, they change directors and change story directions, you know, every movie of the sequel trilogy, which doesn't, looking back, doesn't really um, make much sense. but not all their fault. It's just sort of wasn't planned out by the sounds of it. But um, in the first place, wasn't that enamored with him because he was like another emperor figure. Yeah. And then it turns out he is the emperor again. So <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. What yeah, that's, that's pretty much right as well. I didn't care for him in Force Awakens. So I thought he was just generic Sith guy, basically, as you said, just basically the emperor again. And Last Jedi, he wasn't bringing anything interesting to the table, really. And then, then he was gone. And, um, yeah, I also thought he just looked terrible in general, like design-wise. And... <laughs> yeah, it's pretty creepy looking, wasn't he? It was just weird and gross. Lauren, no. did, were, there, were there theories that he was, like, the Emperor's master who's come back to life or something? Was that one of the theories going around before we found out he was just a weird clone? Yes, that was a theory that people thought. I think it was... Is it Darth Revan? I think he was, or whoever, yeah, whoever the Emperor's Master was, they mm. thought that, like, that could be him. Um, uh, Plagueis, but, I think it is. Oh, Plagueis, uh, Plagueis. that's it, yeah. Mm. Um, and, yeah, that was not the case, it seems. Or maybe it was, and we'll just never know. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe that But it was seems like, play. I mean, have you guys seen The Mandalorian? I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Spoilers for everything in Star Wars, we should have said that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> Great. Yeah, because it seems like they're actually kind of trying to, retcon him back into the Mandalorian so uh him being like the clone situation is sort of showing up again there so maybe maybe there's a chance for him to actually have a decent storyline but okay so he could be Snoke is a clone of this Plagueis guy perhaps is that the idea or like well something I think he's a clone of the Emperor because that mm. he showed up in Rise of Skywalker in those tanks and that <laughs> looked like failed experiments yeah it's um, pretty funny snakes yeah yeah, so maybe we'll just see his origins of, I don't know, being a failed clone. But yeah, I guess the, the point is that he was, he seemed so much like the Emperor, emperor because I guess he was the Emperor, really. Um, but um, I yeah. agree, he didn't really, like, do anything special that defined him. I always thought it'd be interesting in, in the sequel trilogy if there had been some a greater threat coming from outside the galaxy or something, and then... Oh. You know, the goodies and the baddies have to team up to defeat this even greater threat. Oh, and then it'd be like balance, like the truest sense of the word in the force. Mm, yeah, exactly right. That's and interesting. 
could recontextualize a bit of what was going on with Darth Vader and and the Emperor. Emperor's trying to like get the world ready or the galaxy ready for this even bigger threat. Yeah. But then they just did write the next movie. Yeah, funny eyes. Okay, if you want me to, I will. (laughs) You've been commissioned. Go. Okay. All right. Well, let's start. Um, Also, bring back Baby Yoda. Yes, good. He's the main character. Excellent. Baby Yoda versus Snoke. We'll take it. Okay. Yeah, I can watch that. We'll just take any Star Wars at this point, really. Mm, I guess so. Are we getting enough now with all these new shows announced? Good point. Yes, it could be Star Wars Overlord. <laughs> Overload. Right, what's next on your list, Laura? Um, so, yeah, in no particular order, uh, Luke's death in The Last Jedi. Um, that, was a, that was a thing that happened. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I think Dylan has some strong thoughts about The Last Jedi, so maybe you want to get into it oh, now. Oh, what's wrong? Uh, all right. When I first saw it, I hated it. Like... I nearly walked out of the theatre. And that was at the midnight screening too. Um, over the years, I've kind of mellowed a bit on it. I've found some things in it that I do really like, but the stuff that I really hate, I really hate. And Luke's character is one of them in that film. He was my favourite Star Wars character and that that film dropped him right down the list, I must say. Interesting. So what what was it about him that uh, really, like, yeah? Well, one of the first things is that he, you know, gets these feelings that uh, Ben Solo, Kylo Ren, is going to turn to the dark side. He tries, he tries to execute him in his sleep. The man that believed in the most evil man in the galaxy, Darth Vader, could come back from the brink and back to the light has an inkling and he's like, no, nah, get, get him out. He's family, whatever. I'll cut his head off. Excellent yeah. point. I like the idea of that, like the, the concept of Luke going bad. I don't hate it. It's, it could be interesting, but the idea that he walks up to his nephew in his sleep <laughs> and thinks about killing him, that's just like a weird portrayal of the character. Yeah, not him at all. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's not so much Luke's death that I don't mind because I, I I like the um the whole force projection across the galaxy and, and staring down Carlo and all the the stormtroopers and the big ATATs or whatever they are that's all cool but I think it's Luke's life I'm not so so sure about yeah it was kind of wasted at the end really wasn't it those last few years and um, um isn't it true yeah. that Mark Hamill wasn't into the character's trial <laughs> as well. I think famously so. Yeah. I think he might have been right about that. <laughs> Do you mean he wasn't into it in the original trilogy or these latest ones? No, I think he read the script for Last Jedi and was like, this is totally opposite <laughs> of what this character would do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an actor. I have, to, I have to do what you say sort of thing was what he told the director. So. Yeah. But he also, I think he also said, Mark Hamill said that the, the arc of Luke's life seems pretty shocking but then he's like it's kind of how my life has turned out as well where i was young and idealistic and as i've grown older i've become more cynical and less hopeful about the world so i get that but also i don't think luke would almost kill his nephew and then go hide on a rock planet for you know the rest of his life yeah it was an interesting direction to go but i, I think i agree with you guys that yeah it just didn't feel like like luke at all my only issue with with luke's death was that uh, unfortunately, Lonnie, I disagree. I don't didn't really like the Force Ghost projection thing. I think he okay. should have just gone physically. Yes, um, yes, Lauren, you and me, we're on the same <laughs> wavelength, Ronnie. You're outnumbered, yeah. Right. Um, and I didn't sort of like that he just blew off into the wind, and that was his death. Like, yeah, I think it, like a heroic sacrifice was great, but like he could have actually sort of died after, you know, in the presence of mm. the other people. But anyway. It happened. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. And this is probably like my monkey brain wanting what it wanted, but I wanted him to go there. I wanted him to like crush AT-ATs with the force and like, you know, all that thing, slam TIE fighters into each other, you know, that sort of thing, and go out in a blaze of glory. But, you know, so what we got. That would have been cool. It seemed a little bit like they were trying to uh, like mimic, I guess, Yoda's death. 
except Yoda, I guess, was just so old that he disappeared, right? <laughs> um, whereas, like, I guess Luke used so much of his force power that, that it, you know, he had nothing left. But I don't know. There was just sort of no context for that. So it's just mm-hmm. a bit strange. Yeah, I agree with Dylan. There's, there's so much in that movie that I don't like, and it gets in the way of the few things I do like. Totally. I think I mentioned this to Dylan as well recently, maybe on the pod, maybe in real life, but I got the impression that, that Ryan Johnson, you know, I like as a director and he seemed like a nice guy and everything, so I'm not like one of those fanboys that hates him or whatever. <laughs> but it just seemed like he had some issues with Star Wars that he was trying to correct himself. Oh, and yeah. just Lucasfilm just let him do it. Yeah, they, they sort of they gave him the keys and then he sort of was like, all right, here's my, I'm going to ruin some things and, and correct some mistakes about the Star Wars movies almost in a mean-spirited way, I kind of found. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. obviously didn't, didn't um, fans didn't react to it, didn't respond. Um, <laughs> well, they responded, <laughs> but pretty pretty harshly, and then they just overcorrected everything for the next movie. So it's it's a bit of a whiplash when you're watching these movies as a, as a trilogy, isn't it? 100%. Makes you wonder what it would have been like if they had had, like, just JJ directing the all three, or if they mm-hmm. had... Um, I think it was Colin Trevorrow was on the last one. So if he'd kept his vision, what would have happened? From what I understand, his was a bit more coherent. <laughs> yeah, like his, um, mm. his script got leaked, I think, and it's it's pretty awesome. There's some stuff in there. Yeah. I mean, as a script, as a concept, you know, who knows how it would have turned out. But, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, probably better than The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> it's, not a, it's a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> the lowest bar. Yep. We'll get Actually, to that, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, on that note, let's let's ask the big question. Do you guys have a, a favorite and a least favorite Star Wars movie? Yeah, of course. Least favorite, Rise of Skywalker, hundred percent, not even a question. And uh, favorite, I go back and forth with Empire and New Hope. You kind of have to catch me in a mood, flip a coin, pretty much. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm the same with Dylan. I don't like Rise of Skywalker. Um, you know, the prequels are what they are, but there is some, um, you know, childhood memories that are nice about watching them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that Only Hope is the best. That's it. They, they should have stopped after that. <laughs> they probably should have just stopped after those first three, but, hey, that's Hollywood for you. There's that quote about George Lucas, like, you know, the world lost an artist but gained a multi-billionaire toy developer when <laughs> when any hope came out <laughs> that's funny uh next okay um well, let's keep on with the last jedi did how do we feel about leia being a jedi slash her flying through the air after being exploded in a ship and coming back to life <laughs> <laughs> when you put it like that it sounds a bit silly doesn't it <laughs> it also looked silly so you know they went the whole way. Yeah. I mean, I always saw Leia as, like, not particularly being interested in using the Force and lightsabers and all that in the original trilogy. I mean, Yoda did say that there is another in Empire, so she obviously always had the potential mm. to become a Jedi. Mm. So it's it's not too far-fetched of an idea. But if they're going to go down that route, I think they just should have like in Force Awakens, just straight up made her like a Jedi master or something like that. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a bit cheap to have them be like in the third movie. Oh, yeah, by the way, she's, she was Jedi, but she didn't actually do anything with it. It's just so odd to me. Yeah. I guess Maybe. it was also like the timing was awkward because obviously Carrie mm. Fisher had passed away in real life, but the filming yes. was done and they had sort of plans for her to be, you know, in the next movie and things. But I also think like her dying in that moment may have been a good way to end her story without then having to do the weird sort of cutting her into scenes in the next movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it doesn't work, does it? I love Carrie and I like her being in the films, but, yeah, she's shortchanged in the second and third films for sure. Yeah, it just felt sort of like not a great tribute to her, you know, performance to reuse old scenes and things like that. Just the, the weird green screen puppetry in Rise of Skywalker. Particularly because we're all looking for it as well. We knew, obviously, she had oh, yeah. about those scenes, so it was so mm-hmm. obvious. And you, you don't envy their job, obviously, with it. But, I mean, they 
it's harsh, but maybe they could have like killed her off in the crawl or something like that. Mm. Yeah, it could have like opened with her funeral or something. Yeah, or like her a base she's at getting bombed or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that could have set off um, sort of Carlo Ren to be really mad about something, about coming to defeat people, or maybe he regains his humanity because his mum's dead and he's like, oh, my God, I didn't help her, I, I couldn't save her or something. Yeah, or at least sets him on the journey throughout mm. the film. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah. again, not what we got. <laughs> not what we got. But, yeah, you're right, there's an unenviable position to be in having one of your major stars, one of the major, you know, forces of this film the, um, to die, it really screws things up for you. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But um, the actual scene of her sort of like flying after being like shot into space and flying back, I just could not get behind that. It looked so silly. It's comical, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was very out of place. And it might not have looked as as bad if they'd have like at least said, "Yeah, she's a Jedi Master." She can do it. But I think it's the combination of how it looked and just people being taken aback by it, like it coming out of nowhere as well. Yeah, that she was able to, that was the first time we saw her able to use the force. <laughs> yeah, right. pretty much. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. How about midi chlorians, that old thing that was introduced in the prequels? <laughs> um, yeah, I might, might be in the minority here, but I, I don't mind them. I like them. Again, might because. Might be because I'm a prequel kid, like Phantom Menace was my first Star Wars movie. So yeah. I've just always thought that's always how it worked, really. I'm kind of the same, Dylan. I I kind of got the impression from the movie, and again, maybe being a kid, like we were, that if you were really good with the Force or really Force-sensitive, that these little microbe things would just sort of centre on you or would be attracted yeah. to you on yeah. a micro level. And that's kind of how it worked, but I just accepted it as a kid. But what's the, what's the problem with these, Lauren? What, what do people say? I think it is actually a divide between sort of, you know, old um, original trilogy fans and, yeah, the, like the newer generation because, like you say, we were all introduced to it, so it sort of seemed normal. Mm. Um, whereas, I don't know, I think it's like a debate over like the force shouldn't be something that can be um, like quantified. <laughs> so... I, I guess there's that, and also because people just love to hate on the prequels. Um, sure. So, but I am I'm sort of with you, with you guys. I think they're bringing it back in a way that's sort of logical, like we saw it again in The Mandalorian, like they're mm. obviously after Baby Yoda for his high midichlorian count, and I think they're going to probably make it more relevant again um, and try and calm some of these divisive thoughts. Mm. Yeah. But and- they could equally just had them like sense that this kid is really force sensitive without having to be like, oh yes, his his results are off the charts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's the force. How can you actually put a number on it? Well, with midichlorians. <laughs> oh well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it makes sense in the context of the prequels in that universe. I mean, it's it helps Jedi know who can be trained and that sort of thing. So yeah. But it sort of gets into that sort of anime Dragon Ball Z like power levels sort of thing doesn't it so I can see why some fans resist it yeah and I mean they didn't really bring it back after that like I don't think it made any impact in the sequels um so you can really take or leave midichlorians yeah they're not centered on too much so you can kind of if you don't like them kind of forget about them true so moving on um how about the Han versus Greedo debate the biggest debate in Star Wars fandom. <laughs> I've just written that it's a shit show and so stupid. Yeah, I agree. I love it though. It's funny. Like, what what is it, Dylan? What, what is it? Who had it start? Oh, I don't know. It's um, <laughs> I think it's just because George said that he felt it was the wrong move for Han as a character, and he didn't want him to be that bad of a guy. I think that's why he changed in the special editions. And then people have argued that, like, well, you know, Greedo had a gun on him. What's he supposed to do? <laughs> but it's changed back now. Is that right, Lauren? Have you, I don't I haven't seen this scene for a while, so I'm not sure who's shooting first now. I think they did change it back in the, like, versions on Disney Plus um, okay. when they put them up there. And But, yeah, it was sort of just one of those things. It's like, why? It didn't really need to be changed. 
And then it was such a small thing that when it happened, everyone just lost their minds over it. <laughs> but it's so good. It just changes so much. Like it's, it's great. Like you never know what you're going to see. <laughs> <laughs> True. You always look out for it now. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think it was like he shot first, Han shot first, and then he changed it to Greedo shot first. And then he changed it to they shot closer at the same time. And then he changed it to exactly at the same time. And then he added McClunky before the shooting. It's it's madness. Yeah, it has not given us a shortage of, you know, funny rip-offs of it. Oh, it doesn't yeah. matter really because if Greedo did shoot first, it would have been a split second beforehand. So it doesn't really make Han a good guy then, does it? Oh, like they were still shooting each other. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's bizarre. Like I'm a, I'm a bit of a George Lucas defender. I'll, I'll try and defend him in most things, but I don't really understand this one at all. There was just a lot of things that they changed in the sort of re-releases that you're like, why is that there? <laughs> you know, like adding extra creatures in and stuff, which I guess they couldn't really do back in the the like seventies hmm. and eighties. But um, was it really necessary? <laughs> Oh no, especially when they just walk across in front of the camera. Like why? <laughs> <laughs> what is the point of that? It's so out of things. place. Isn't there one dinosaur that covers the whole screen at one point? Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. It's disgraceful. I actually showed the Star Wars films to Sine about um a couple of years ago, I think when The Last Jedi came out. Mm. And she watched them and she's like, this is so weird. Why are these bits in here? Like she was able to pick up that these were not yeah, part of the original film. Of course. Did you go from glorious practical effects to just uh, whenever they did it, like 90s CGI? Yeah, it's, not good at all. Uh, no. Yeah, they should really just leave some things alone. Yeah, agreed. But, yeah, I think the Han was greedy. You see the people with the shirts, like Han shot first and you're like, okay. <laughs> I think it's just more of a meme at this point. Like, yeah. Yeah. We'll take it for its meme format, but nothing else. Yeah. That's true. Star Wars has kind of used a lot of Uncanny Valley sort of technology recently. <laughs> uh, we've had Tarkin in um, Rogue One and then also Carrie Fisher at the end of Rogue One and in the sequel um, movies. And then mm. recently we had Mark Hamill as well in Mandalorian. So... Mm. Is this a thing that should uh, continue, or how do we feel about that ethically? <laughs> uh, I mean, if they're alive, I think ethically it's okay. If they're dead, it's a bit weird. It kind of feels a bit gross. I don't know about how you two feel about it, but I think ethically it's a bit dicey. I think aesthetically, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, especially when they go from a CGI face to a normal face, a human face. Oh yeah, I'm seeing ugh, the un uncanniness does get me. I would say that the the Tarkin recreation is a pretty remarkable feat in that movie mm. in Rogue One, especially for the time. Yeah, but um, I didn't like Luke's face. What about you, Laura? Did you like that in Mandalorian? Um, I was a little bit like scared at how real it looked. Um, mm. at, like how they did it. Uh, I, I thought it looked quite, quite good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess that felt kind of okay because he was he was alive and he mm. did give it his blessing. So mm. I guess mm -hmm. that's fine. But um, yeah, I don't know if they were gonna if he was gonna stick around in the Mandalorian, which he may or may not. I feel like they maybe should recast him instead of using Kelly yeah. um, Valley the entire time. Yeah, that's I think. Um... There's that big campaign to have Sebastian Stan play him. Um, support. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I mm. thought it was going to be him. Like, I thought when his hood was on and it was the chin, I mm. thought it looked like Sebastian Stan. I was like, oh, here he is, Sebastian Stan, but not. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, it was like a, a tribute to the technology that it looked that good, um, but also just very strange. Mm. But um, the, the Tarkin one, I, I didn't like it as much as uh, as you seem to, Lonnie. I thought it was a bit weird. Because um, when he's first in the scene, he's like talking out the window and you kind of see his reflection in it. And I was like, oh, okay, that's actually a really clever way to do it. I really like that. And then he turned around and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> you look like a video game character. There's something <laughs> in the eyes and the just the way his mouth moved. And, no, no. 
they're, they're really testing the waters to see if they can get away with like recreating the old movies and not you know doing live actors all together and just making them in a computer. I think with mixed results, I think so far. Mm. Tarkin was used quite a lot in that movie too. It wasn't mm. sort of just like one one scene. He was there like having actual conversations in multiple scenes. Yeah, fairly fairly prominent character. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, like it made sense for him to be there story-wise. So mm. does that make it okay? I don't know. That's true. That's true. And the, the Carrie Fisher one at the end of it was like, it was so quick. You didn't even notice it really. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And was she alive at that point? I think she was. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So she probably was okay with it. Yeah. But then, like, using the scenes again in The Rise of Skywalker, because that wasn't, I don't think any much of that was CGI, oh, except for when she was um, in the flashback with Luke running through mm. Pink Jedi's. Um, but the rest of those scenes, I guess she had actually shot before her passing. So I guess that's okay. Yeah, yeah it's kind of Frankenstein-y a bit, because I think they were, like, scenes from, deleted scenes from Force Awakens. Mm, and- true. Yeah, if you know that it's that's what it is, it's very obvious. Like they're they're just writing lines around these just nonsensical things she's saying. It's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, you really could tell. But then like it was sort of still good to see her in the movie. So I don't know. Again, like we discussed this. So she probably should have just been that should have been the end of her character in The Last Jedi. Well, I remember Laura when we were at uni, a lecture where one of our favorite film lecturers told us that in the future there won't be actors. They'll just be recreations in a computer. And we're all like, oh, that's that's ridiculous. And then <laughs> this happens. Dr. Shambri was said that there are actually some circumstances where you might not want an actor, like if you're doing a really dangerous stunt, for example. But um mm. but yes, there is there's actually a movie I remember just coming to mind now. I can't remember the name of it, so that's not a very good thing for a <laughs> podcast. But it's got Robin Wright in it. And the concept of the movie is that she like writes, gives up her likeness forever oh. as an actor, and then they just make films about her forever and ever and ever. What? What is this movie? Yeah, give me one second, I'll, I'll find it. Okay. I yeah, it that's a strange concept, but could totally happen, right? It's like a Black Mirror thing. Basically, yeah. Yeah. All right. Take me one second. Um... On the edge of my seat, Lonnie. Please. I'm getting there, guys. Oh, it's called The Congress. Okay. When did it come out? Uh, 2013. Oh, okay. Ahead of its time. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, you can look it up in your own time, everybody. <laughs> Fair enough. It's um, a little off topic, but I'm pretty sure I heard that they're doing like a film, like a war film, and the director wanted James Dean for it. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> And they're going I to do it. this too. Yeah. Like, that's nuts. <laughs> yeah, where do you draw the line? No. Well, not there, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're definitely going to give it a, a really good go, I reckon. Um, but, hey, maybe it's actually a sign of the times because a lot of actors and, oh, it's not really safe to be on sets as much anymore. Oh, so maybe it'll just be CGI from now on. It's yeah. true. So you've got all the compute, all the characters, and all their facial, facial and movements, and their physical movements in a computer. You just make the movie what? Yeah, pretty weird. Scary times. Yeah, let's move on, Lauren. I think this is making me scared. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, so I feel like my list is just a lot of sequel trilogy issues, but um, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Uh, the Kylo Ren or slash Ben Solo and Ray kiss at the end of The Rise of Skywalker, that's just, I was not a fan. What do you guys think? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. 
Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Why couldn't they have just been friends? <laughs> yeah. Agreed. <laughs> like, yeah, it just felt very forced. Like, it didn't feel any real romantic tension with them throughout all those movies, did we? I mean, I didn't pick up on anything, really. There was tension, I think, but they didn't really talk much in person or have much of a relationship apart from a few Skype calls, so <laughs> all of a sudden they're kissing. You're like, what? While he was about to die as well. I'm like, this is a bit weird. Yeah, I've only seen The Rise of Skywalker once, but they did, like, revive each other, right? Oh, Yeah. That's weird, right? Isn't it? Yeah. And it's been pointed out before, but uh, that's the whole reason Anakin turned to the dark side. And because uh, he wanted to heal Padme, make sure she doesn't die. But, you know. Mm. And Ray can just do it. And so can Ben, apparently. Why not? That's weird. That was never explained, was it, why force healing was suddenly a thing. But then it seems that, um, you know, Baby Yoda can do it too. So, yeah, why was... And I can not able to do it. It's sort of retconning one of the biggest, you know, false hopes in the Star Wars series was that. I guess because he learned from like a Sith Lord who probably didn't have that. He was being corrupted and stuff. But it's a very good point. Uh, it kind of undercuts the, the original point of him becoming Darth Vader, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And if there is the point that he was being seduced or whatever, it's not been made, has it? It's almost been forgotten. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can argue that it might just be like a, a dark side ability, maybe, mm-hmm. and that uh, you know we don't really know what what side uh, Baby Yoda's on. You know, he's little, <laughs> doesn't really decide what he's doing with his life, and um, obviously Ray's a Palpatine, and Kylo was mm. uh, big on the dark side for a bit. So yeah, mm. maybe it's a dark side ability. Maybe, yeah. Which is true, but it seemed to occur while they were, like, both leaning to the light side because then there was, like, the whole his redemption arc, which I think was the point of him <laughs> coming back at the end there and saving Ray. But uh, I have issues. Extremely rushed redemption arc. Yeah. Uh, it makes me, like, wish that they had just set it up properly. Well, I, yeah. I remember when it came out, people talking online about the fact that he doesn't really have a redemption arc at all. He's, like, bad for almost, like, three movies. And then five minutes at the end, he does some good stuff. Then he dies. And it's from, like, his one conversation with his dead dad. Yeah. He shouldn't be there because he's not... Well, what is that conversation? Yeah. Yeah, is he a force ghost? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it just felt like a a worse, rushed version of uh, of Vader's redemption. Mm. And I, yeah. I thought the whole point of him killing Han Solo himself in Force Awakens was that, like, he's not going to be like Darth Vader. He, there's no not going to be any redemption for him. Mm. I thought that was the whole point of that move. But, yeah, apparently not. And if you're going to go with him being redeemed, he has to actually go out and find redemption, like go and <laughs> right some wrongs and apologise to people, maybe do some good things. <laughs> not just, just come back like, right at the end. To... And, yeah, kiss Ray and then just die. Like, that's a pretty poor redemption arc to me yeah i have to say though while while i didn't like the whole kiss situation i did sort of like that they set up the forced dyad between them i thought that was pretty cool it's definitely an interesting concept yeah um especially with like teleporting things through the force i don't mind that that's all right would just be nice to have it explained oh yeah yeah, sure (laughs) that goes for that movie actually doesn't it true a lot of things could have been explained uh, well, okay, let's stay on this note. Um, so Ray's entire story in the sequel trilogy was about finding her family, right? And then the sort of twist that she wasn't, you know, a Skywalker or a Kenobi or any of those, but actually a Palpatine. Um, I don't know. I wasn't a fan of it. What do you guys think? I also am not a fan of that. I thought it was yeah. kind of cool in The Last Jedi that that she came from nowhere, that she was just... One of the only things I liked in Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
But then a lot of people have an issue with her calling herself a Skywalker at the end. Um, I was yep. actually okay with that. Ooh, uh, I don't okay. know if I'm in the minority here. Ooh, I think you might be. I, I don't know how Lonnie feels about it, but... Yeah, I, I find that a bit nonsensical, to be honest. Yeah. I thought it was unearned. Like, what, hmm. what right does she have to that name? She hung out with Luke for two days, trained with Leia for a month or two. Now she's part of the family? No. I didn't mind her disregarding Luke, discarding her heritage because, I mean, why wouldn't you? And also, well, she was Palpatine, don't want to be Palpatine. And, and like, she's creating her own story. That's all cool. But why, why do you like it, Lauren? Please defend yourself. <laughs> all right. Here's my response. Um, yeah, well, so her entire story across the sequel trilogies was finding out who she was, right? And there was everybody trying to tell her that, you know, she was no one. She was a Palpatine. She was this or that. And so at the end, I kind of like that she just decided, no, Luke and Leia were my family and I want to be a Skywalker, so I'm going to take their name. Um, and it was sort of just more about her found family and who she chose to be that made her take that name. And I was okay with that. Okay, I feel that. I understand that argument. And if there was maybe, again, they probably couldn't have done this because Carrie Fisher was gone, but if there was like a discussion with like Leia or even mm -hmm. Luke because she was a ghost, like, you know, if there was some setup to it, maybe, yeah. But, yeah, it just comes out of nowhere. And I actually thought she should have just called herself Ray Palpatine, just own it and work to have that name stand for good rather than evil in the universe. Like, what more of an insult would there be to Emperor Palpatine that his name is now associated with one of the greatest Jedi in the galaxy? That is a fair point. You all make good points there, for sure. Yeah, Thanks. I think, they're, like, Luke and Leia were there as ghosts at the end, so I sort of felt like that was their approval. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just think it was a bit of a found family situation that I was all right with, but I can see why people didn't like it. Yeah. That name means a lot to people. So if you don't do it right, there's going to be some backlash. Yeah, Just another thing that they just had to put in that movie to make it more controversial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just playing this now, they? They're just going to throw stuff in every movie just to annoy the fans. Yeah. Well, people said that The Rise of Skywalker felt too much like it was trying to be fan service, or was that... Pandering. Yeah, exactly. So, but yet, it seems to... Everything about it seems to have pissed people off, so I don't... I think it completely backfired. Well, yeah, fan service in general, I only really like it if it serves the story. Like, if it's there for no reason, like, why? <laughs> like, um, Chewie getting his medal. Mm-hmm. Great. Why? Why is that there? <laughs> True. Pointless. True. That's actually one of my controversial moments that I was going to bring up. That should uh -huh. get his medal. Oh, from four. Okay. Yeah, thinking about it though, did Han really get a medal? He turned up at the last minute in that movie to help Luke, who does all the work to blow up the Death Star. Han turns up two minutes before the end. He gets a medal. Oh, yeah. Give Wedge that medal. Wedge did more on the Death Star. Exactly. I guess Han did rescue Leia, but still. So, Chewie. Well, Chewie definitely should have got a medal. It was just an oversight. But I, I don't think he should have suddenly just got one in the other movies. <laughs> yes. Yes, agreed. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. Yeah, no way. But um, I think the argument people have made is like, oh, he's a Wookiee and Wookiees are prideful and they don't accept you know, awards and that sort of thing. Oh, but okay. I think we're more like, we're on a tight budget. We can make two medals. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like the dog of the group. He doesn't really care. Oh, um, no. That's what, they, that's what they said. So Get behind the, the Wookiee cultural significance, but again, that would have to be explained. Well, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I wonder if it was, like, what the reasoning behind it was. Like, was it just a filming thing? Like, would it look weird for him to have to stoop to get a medal? Or, mm. like, I don't mm. get it. Definitely yeah. strange. But, I mean, if they're using, like, paper cutouts for people in the crowd, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaning towards budget reasons. <laughs> yeah, fair. Fair enough. Okay, well, I know I'm talking to some, you know, uh, prequel fans here, but... What do we think about Anakin in the prequels? Well, first up, 
I don't hate the sand metaphor. Okay. It makes sense. Right. The sand metaphor makes sense to me. It does. It does. I, he was a he was enslaved on a sand planet. <laughs> obviously, he's going to have bad memories of sand. I think the problem with that is obviously the delivery is not great of those scenes, and there's not much chemistry between him and um, what's her name? Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman, yeah. However, and also, sorry, bland photography, how that's filmed, and it's very one-dimensional. But in and of itself, the sand thing makes sense. So Anakin, overall, though, it's a bit whiny. He shouldn't have been a kid, such a kid in the first movie, should he? It was a strange, like, I still can never get over that, like, he was so young when he first met Padme, and then suddenly they, like, get together in the next movie, and you're like, oh, but that age gap. I don't know. It seemed weird. Well, I think, um, like, the argument was he was, I think he was 10 in The Phantom Menace, and she was, like, 13 or 14, which she did not look. No. <laughs> but, right, okay. Which makes it more acceptable, but, That's yeah, true. visually, it's, yeah, weird. But he could have just been like a 16 year old kid from the first movie and that would have been fine, right? And she's 18 and then like that's, you know, or 17 or something. Like that could have solved that. Yeah, that's true. He didn't have to be such a young child. Yeah. And it didn't help that uh, Jake Lloyd's acting wasn't the best, <laughs> you know? A whiny child. <laughs> but, uh, uh, um, oh, sorry, you go. Oh, that's all right. I was just going to say, I, I don't mind Hayden Christensen. Obviously, he was better mm. in three than he was in two, mm. but um, no, I, I still didn't mind him. Yeah, he can act like in other movies he's been in. He can act. He's very good. Yeah, I don't think the issue is with Hayden Christensen. I think it's with the dialogue he was given. Um, mm. I was going to read out the sand line word for word. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I'll see if I can find right. it after you. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to do it any sort of justice, but we'll just read it as it is. <laughs> The line is, I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating and it gets everywhere. Not like here. Here everything is soft and smooth. Fair. The fact that he does that and then, like, doesn't he touch her arm as he says it? That's a bit weird. Caresses (laughs) her arm, Lonnie. (laughs) Okay. Please, please include the passion of the scene in your descriptions. (laughs) Okay. Maybe I'm just, like... I also don't like sand, so maybe I'm just, you know, a bit of a Darth Vader. <laughs> Relating too here. much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The the prequels left, like, I mean, I, there was some bad dialogue in the original trilogy as well. Oh, but for sure. It was just a lot in those yeah. three movies. To be fair, you're not going to Star Wars for your sizzling Aaron Sorkin-style dialogue. <laughs> well, no. That but it true. could have been better, yes. Yeah. But um, no, Anakin overall in the prequels, I like him. Especially um, if you watch Clone Wars, it adds a lot to his character. Mm. And watching that has made him one of my favourite characters, him slash Darth Vader. True. I think I always found it hard to reconcile that he was the same, like, character as Darth Vader. Like, that, all those things he was saying is something that Darth Vader would end up saying, you know? Mm. It's just a bit of a disconnect. I know he went through a very tragic event, but to suddenly switch to being mm. Darth Vader in the next, you know, few months like that, it, it was a big gap in my mind. Yeah, so how much did that happen when he just, like, gave himself over the dark side? Is that, like, all-consuming your whole mind and body that it does really change you? Is that the idea? I think so, yeah. Just tugs on something that's there and just pulls that thread until you're not yourself anymore. That's how I see it anyway. Kind of like doing bad drugs. Kind of like The Ring in Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can accept that. But, you know, heroin too, I guess, Lonnie. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But you said it. You said drugs. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to... I can't draw that comparison personally, but I can talk about sand, so... Fair enough, fair enough. (laughs) Yeah, also, I don't, I don't love the, the bit where he kills all the kids in the temple. Oh, that was dark. <laughs> Except for Baby Yoda, who escaped. Yeah, he was yeah. like, oh, see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> who knows how? I wonder if that is going to come back, like, if they're going to explain that. I would love mm. to know. Oh, they'd have to, surely. Who saved him, that sort of thing. Yeah. 
because he would have been really a baby. Yeah. Well, there's talk that um, people think that uh, Sam Jackson, Mace Windu, might have survived, and that might have been one of the last things he did, or he's still out there in the galaxy somewhere. Oh, I support that. Because Jedi are known to be recluses if they fail. I think there is a rumour going around that there is a Mace Windu movie or series coming up. Um, All for that. Yeah, that would be cool. If they all start tying all these in, which it looks like they are, I'm I'm really there for that. Yeah, especially a Mace Windu that's uh, had his world shattered by the success of uh, Palpatine and the Sith taking over. Mm. Sam Jackson could do something with that. Yeah, I always thought it was funny Sam Jackson was like, I'll kill anyone, I'll do anything to get the Star Wars movies that were being made. And then he just, like, sits in a chair. <laughs> For most of it, yeah. So, he, has a, he has some good scenes in Attack the Clones, I suppose, in, in, the, yeah. in the in the big tournament, you know, Coliseum area. Yeah, sort of gets thrown out of window. Yeah, he kills Django first, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But he seems to like making movies and, you know, being cool. And they seem to have captured the um, de-aging pretty well for him, at least in Captain Marvel. So I reckon he could do it for a bit longer. Yeah, absolutely. I also just haven't, I don't think he's aged at all. Like, I don't think they needed to de-age him. <laughs> oh, not much, eh? Yeah. So he could definitely, I think. He can mm. just work with Disney forever and he'll be right. Yeah, Two good sure. roles to go back to. <laughs> yeah, something in his contract is like, every Sunday or every six days I have to play golf. That's part of his contract. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> what a legend. That's how they, they set the schedule up around his golf. His golfing. That's amazing. You guys should do an episode on weird actors' contracts. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's a good yeah. idea. Maybe you can come back on. We can do it. All right. I'm down for it. Okay. Um, I think that's sort of everything on my list. Did, did you guys have any other moments you want to discuss? I've got a few, but Dylan, I think you might have some. You want to take them up first? It might be the same. Well, I think um, one of the things we might have missed is uh, Luke and Leia kissing. Oh, that was on the list, yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay, look, at the time when we didn't know that they were siblings, it felt okay. But then also at the same time, George Lucas had to sit there and write that the siblings were going to kiss. So. Well, I don't don't think he knew in Empire. (laughs) Like he hadn't decided. Oh, that they, was that they, something he came up with later? Yeah, yeah. I think he came up with that in return. Yeah. So yeah, that makes it okay. Yeah, it makes it much more okay. And you know, it wasn't re- it wasn't a French kiss or anything. You know, she didn't even really mean it. It was just a piss on off. So, so it was a great scene. Before yeah. we before we knew they were siblings, it was it's okay. But then after it's hot, is that what you're saying, Dylan? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, incest isn't all right, people. No, I think it's people like to talk about how the, the sequel trilogy was bad because it wasn't planned out. And even I said that before, but it's not like the original trilogy was planned out either. Darth Vader being the dad sort of came in last minute, or mm. maybe let me it wasn't in the first movie, just put it that way. And then there being siblings obviously wasn't there until the third movie, but yeah. it kind of works still, so you live with it. Yeah, the, the only thing that makes me go is like, uh, there's a line in Jedi where Leia's like, I know, somehow I've always known. No, yeah. you always knew. Don't kiss him. Yeah, that, that's odd, isn't good it? Point. <laughs> that's a good point. Trying to make it seem like it was, there was planned by saying that, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. And so if they weren't brother and sister when they filmed Empire Strikes Back, when Yoda's like, oh, there's another, is that just leaving themselves open for something? They're just, just throwing that in just in case. Yeah, I think um, I think the story was because it was like meant to be more than three films. Mm. It's going to be like six or something originally. Okay. And George just got divorced and got tired and was like, nah, Jedi's going to be the last one. Because <laughs> I think it was okay. just like some chick on another planet, like it wasn't Leia. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, something I've sort of worked out well, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it worked out well for him. That's actually an issue I have, and it's not on my list, but I'm going to say it now anyway. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The whole thing about Order 66 is that they killed all the Jedi, right? In the mm. world, in the galaxy. All, every Jedi's dead apart from um, Yoda escaped because mm-hmm. he's awesome. Everyone escaped because he was awesome as well. 
Yep. And then A New Hope is the first hope ever is Luke, you know, sort of coming into his own. Mm-hmm. Yet, in all the expanding universe, everybody planet's got a Jedi who's hiding out there. <laughs> What's that about? This is true. Um, is this the canon universe you're referring to, Lonnie, or is this the, the old Legends one? Well, a bit of both, to be honest. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I mean, people like Jedi. They also like variety, so I think that's why it's just been retconned it, you know. And it makes sense. They're not going to get them all in one fell swoop. Not all the Jedi were with their clones in battle at that time. Yeah, true. That makes sense, I guess. But it kind of undermines Order 66, End of the Jedi, if, oh, yeah, by the way, there's, like, still 100 out there. (laughs) So I guess institutionally they were were destroyed, weren't they, as well, so... What was that, Lauren? Uh, who else is out there? Like, I can think of obviously Ahsoka, but she, her yep. escape was set up as well. Yeah. I don't know. Then Baby Yoda escaped, which we don't know about. Um, yeah. And I guess potentially Mace Windu, but we don't yeah. know that for sure. Is are there a few others that are missing? There's um, Cal Kestis. He's a Padawan from Jedi Fallen Order in the game. So there's him, uh, Kanan Jarrus from Rebels, also yeah. a Padawan, which makes sense. You know, Masters would give their life for their Padawans to escape, which is, you know, fair enough. I can't, I don't know about anyone else. Again, I haven't dipped my toes in the comics, but those are the ones that come to mind anyway. It's just funny, every time there's like a new book or a new video game, it's like, oh, yeah, and by the way, this guy got away. Yeah, true. <laughs> you can yeah. just imagine all the ones who are fleeing secretly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> from that situation. Uh, and so, like, I wouldn't mind if um, Mace Windu comes back, but again, like, it'd be another guy who's escaped and has been hiding. But, you know, maybe he's got amnesia or something. Yeah, I think George always meant that there was going to be some stragglers escaping because yeah. he, he had Obi-Wan change that message in the temple and eventually said, warning Jedi to stay away. So, yeah. Yeah, that sounds a good point, Dylan. I'll I try think, one. I think it works. <laughs> it, um, it works in the sense of... Yeah, if you're going to have an expanded universe book or a game, you don't want it to be. You need a Jedi there. So I get why yeah. they do it. But And the fact that the Empire took over and the Jedi Temple was destroyed and all that sort of stuff does mean that the Jedi, for all intents and purposes, were destroyed. The Jedi organisation as, as, a, as a whole is gone. Yeah, yeah. It does still surprise me, like, how few, like, Jedi there are, even by the time the sequel trilogy rolls around. Like, mm. This just seems to be. I mean, I know Luke was doing his temple, and then that all went to shit for obvious reasons. Yeah. But for Ray to sort of be one of the only few out there amongst you know Luke and Leia, like, and I guess we saw there was that kid at the end who had the mm. Force power, so mm-hmm. it was like the idea that the Force was coming back to the world, or more Jedi were coming into the world. But it sort of was just never explained. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to see more. Well, it would have been good to have a movie where there is a new giant temple and Luke sewed up and there's a new generation. Yeah, would have been great for a sequel movie, you know, just saying. Yeah, but we kind of skipped that, didn't we? But maybe we'll get it back with deep fake Luke face doing it, so. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> They're definitely laying the groundwork for that. Mm. Um, I've got one more controversial moment. Yeah. We never found out how Luke's lightsaber got to Maz. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, trash. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter because she's got it, whatever. But the fact that she's like, oh, that's a story for another time and they never got back to it is just... I know, when is that me. time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> never. <laughs> Still waiting. But, uh, probably being a series or something. It's in a comic somewhere probably, yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. And along the same lines, I'm like, what was Finn going to tell Ray during... Rise Skywalker. Oh, okay, so I have a, a like a theory about this. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if it's a theory or if it's maybe semi-confirmed, but I think he was going to tell her that he's force sensitive. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. No, JJ did say that. Okay. Yeah. That would have been good in the movie, wouldn't it? An answer to that question. <laughs> a lot of things would have been good in the movie. <laughs> oh yeah. This is really good turned into like a hate on Rise of Skywalker podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. Deserves it. True. Um, yeah, well, because a lot of people, I think, thought he was going to say, you know, that like he loved her, right? Mm. But 
um, I think it was, yeah, the force sensitive thing, which I would, I would be okay with Finn being force sensitive. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, well, he had a lightsaber in the first movie and did pretty well with it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. that's true. I mean, I chalked that up to like um, Kylo Ren had been shot in the gut by Chewbacca, but you know. <laughs> yeah, true. But he sort of didn't chop his hands off, so you know, that's good. Well, true. <laughs> Probably what I'd do if I picked up a lightsaber. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yes, like Finn's journey was extremely undercut in The Rise of Skywalker. So uh, he's hoping he gets some sort of better story, although I don't think um, John Boyega wants to come back. So Yeah, yeah. He's, he's pretty pissed. I think he's, <laughs> he's done with yeah. it. I do not blame him at all. I think all. Oscar Isaac is the same. They're both kind of burnt by what happened. Yeah. Well, well, I, the post story was okay. Um I guess it was a little bit shoehorned that he had this whole life as a spice runner. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he was cheated or anything by the end. Yeah. yeah so he ran drugs to him. <laughs> yeah, he's a drug dealer. Face <laughs> heroin. Yeah. Oh. It's, um, but no, Finn, probably biggest wasted potential in the sequels, I would say. Mm. Yeah. I was fully on board with him in Force Awakens. Thought he had a great arc. Yeah, yeah, it's almost his story, that first movie, isn't it? For the most yeah. part. Nearly. Mm. Well, yeah, I really liked Force Awakens. Like, I count it as, I think, probably my, my favourite movie just because it did such a good job of, like, setting up all this potential. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of them reusing the Death Star motif, but, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then for them to sort of just drop the ball so badly, it's really disappointing. Agreed. Well, he's talking about Starkiller Base with the Death Star. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's been done before. <laughs> so, why not? <laughs> it worked the first three times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's really stupid is the, this is my, my, one of my controversial ones, uh, every uh, every Star Destroyer that Palpatine has has a Death Star on it. Like, oh. what? Yeah. Really. How? <laughs> and who's building them? Yeah. <laughs> The, the dark side? No, I don't and know. If the answer's in some comic somewhere, that doesn't really count, does it? No, no. Yeah. But I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was in Fortnite, I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. Shots fired. <laughs> well, like, yeah, they set up some really cool things that I just want to know more about in The Rise of Skywalker. Like, mm. well, the whole planet of Exegol and mm. the, the, what was happening there after? I've forgotten. Um, the Holocron? Was it? Yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. They're not short ideas, are they? But just not didn't put them together. Yeah, mm. they're not really good at world building as much yeah. as George was, mm. which is probably one of their big issues. Yeah, well, I mean, because the brains trust. I don't know who else is in it, but obviously JJ was doing the. They took it back to him in the last one, mm. um, and he clearly has some yeah some good ideas. He did well with Star Trek mm. for the ones that he did. Um, and just didn't land it. I don't know. So I think about and these movies. An ideas movies, person, perhaps not a uh, yeah. following through on your ideas person. Mm. So I think about these movies. I don't know what you guys reckon. It's like Star Wars and like Justice League and Wonder Woman that's just come out recently. It's like you've got all the money in the world, all the time <laughs> in the world to make these films. You've got the access to the best actors, the best writers, the best visual effects. And sometimes it still screws up. It's... it's Kind of shocking, isn't it? Yeah, when you put it like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, it, I mean, I'm not saying it's easy to make a good film because obviously it's really difficult and you've got to get all those things aligned. But you just think if anyone's going to make a good movie, it'd be someone who's got almost unlimited resources of Disney. But no, apparently not sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It makes you wonder what makes, what is it about certain films that has made them so great? Mm. Like, was the original Star Wars trilogy just amazing because it was, you know, so low budget and made on the, you know, back when there was no technology and they just had to use their wits to get through things? Like, was that what made it so great? Is it great because people at the time had never seen anything like it, you know? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's spoiled for choice right now. Totally. And there's maybe there's like some, you know, weird alchemy between having a visionary director and a studio who like tries to shut him down every step of the way and then that just creates magic somehow. But when you've got a 
a pretty good director and then unlimited budget, it just doesn't work somehow. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Dylan? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, yeah, it, it is a bit weird, but, you know, that original Star Wars might have just been a fluke, to be honest. <laughs> True, yeah. An empire uh, built on a fluke. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, if they had, um, if they had grown up with something like uh, Star Wars, or if they had done episodes one, two, three before four, five, six, people might not have liked four, five, six as much, because it would have been nostalgia attached to it, which can be a killer of, uh, Movies, especially uh, franchise movies, that yeah, sort of yeah. thing. Okay, is there anything else you want to talk about, Dylan? Um, no, not particularly. Uh, I'm a big defender of these, so I don't have too many controversial stuff. We pretty bagged a lot on the sequel, so I'm pretty happy. <laughs> anything else you want to say, Lauren? Uh, no, I don't think so. These are obviously all moments that everyone lands on either side of, so hmm. they're going to be like that no matter what people say. Um, but that's sort of great, isn't it? They incite the discussion. Yeah, the thing about Star Wars, it's it's not even really a movie franchise anymore, is it? It's a it's a discussion franchise. <laughs> you yeah, put yeah. them out there and then let the internet go wild. It's hard to even do anything right anymore in Star Wars. Yeah, I don't know if you want to make a movie if you're an up and coming director and they offered you a Star Wars. You're like, do I even want to get into that? <laughs> <laughs> it will just destroy my career. Yeah. For the record, I would say yes. <laughs> you have to, wouldn't you? But still. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Lauren. This has been a, a great podcast and it's, it's generated a lot of great discussion between the three. What are, what are Star Wars fans called? Do you have a name? Like there's Trekkers and whatever. No, I think it's just Star Wars fans. Star Wars fans. Yeah. Okay. That's a, great, that's a great name for us. <laughs> really inventive. Uh, Laura, is there anything you want to plug? Is there any, any article you've written recently? Anything you, you want to make sure the world knows about you? Uh, you know, I'm out there on Twitter. If anyone wants to hit me up, I'm at, at, at lrouse19 on Twitter. Um, and, yeah, just catch me writing things on the internet and having cool discussions about Star Wars. That sounds good. We'll make sure there's a link to your to your socials below in our show notes. Yeah, very nice. Dylan, is there anything you want to plug about yourself? Yeah. Will, I know you're listening. My friend Will, watch Clone Wars. Hurry up. Do it, Will. Yeah. Bloody Bye. hell, Will. Hurry up, mate. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Uh, this has been another special edition of I Miss You, Man. Uh, we're on all the socials. We're on, um, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. We haven't got many followers yet, so please come along and, and give us a follow. We're getting lonely out there. If you like this podcast, please uh, give it a review and a like on your podcast. Pod, oh, pod, no. <laughs> on your podcast app of choice. Um, and then we will see you next week. I miss you, man. Miss you, man. Miss you, Lauren. Miss you, Lonnie. Miss you, Dylan. When we miss eventually meet one day. <laughs> one day. I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I? May the force be with you. Oh. Cringe. <laughs> Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 